ever wonder how much parkland there is in Meridian? Do you wonder where future parks are going to be established in our community? Have you ever wanted to get involved in the planning and promotion of our parks, but didn't know how? The answer to these questions and more are coming right up. Hi, I'm your host, Mayor Robert Simpson, and this is My Meridian City 101, your guide to local government, Parks Edition. Let's just dive right in and get started. Today, I'm here with our Director of Fun, Steve Sidway, who's also known as our Parks and Recreation Director. So, Steve, why do they call you the Director of Fun? Hi, Robert. Well, we love bringing fun to the citizens of Meridian. That's what it's really all about for us. And we do that in a variety of ways, from parks and pathways to programs that we do. And I know we'll be talking about many of those throughout the, the podcast. But, you know, we focus on building the quality of life for the citizens of Meridian and try and make this an enjoyable place for people to live, which is one of the reasons why I think so many people are drawn here. Uh, we try and focus on making things that are available for all ages, all abilities, make them affordable for people, and bring people together in ways that help them build memories, live healthy lives, and have fun. Well, Parks and Rec uh, means a lot, doesn't it? You know, with two words in the title, but there's a lot behind that. So tell us about uh, some of the services provided by the Parks and Recreation Department, or I should say the growing Parks and Recreation Department. Yeah. Like you mentioned, there's two different main divisions parks and recreation. And you know, parks handles uh, obviously parks, but also pathways. And under parks, there's the construction of new parks as well as the maintenance and operations of existing parks. Under recreation, we do things like events and sports leagues, our classes and camps that come out in our activity guide um, multiple times a year. Uh, we have a recently new subdivision within our uh, recreation division, and that's arts and history. And we also do a lot of volunteer opportunities for uh, people in the community. And then, as you know, we've recently added two big new services to our offerings, and that is the Lakeview Golf Course and the Meridian Pool. And they join our home court, which is also another one of those not necessarily park-style amenities, but definitely a recreational attraction. Absolutely. Well, we can't have every park looking exactly the same. Uh, well, I guess we could. Uh, I don't know what that would mean, but not all parks are creating equal. How many do we have and how do we go about making the decisions about the size, location, and the amenities of our various parks? Sure. Well, to start off with how many we have, I like to say it depends on how you want to count them. We have 18 parks that everyone would agree are parks. Three regional parks that everyone knows, Kleiner Park, uh, Discovery Park, and Settlers Park. They're our big three. But we also have six community parks and nine neighborhood parks that make up that 18. Beyond that, we have a number of what we would call special use parks that are things like City Hall Plaza or Generations Plaza in downtown, um, the Story Bark Park, things like that, or sports parks like the Jable Soccer Fields. Um, if you add all of those in together, uh, we have 24 different park sites. Uh, to your question about how we make decisions about size, location, and amenities, one of the things I want to point out is we try very hard to, when we're planning parks, to look at the map and make sure that we're not focusing all the parks in one geographic region. We try to make sure they're well distributed throughout Meridian so that if whether you're in north, south, east, or west, you have a park to go to. 
as far as amenities go, certain amenities are standard in just about every park. Those are things like restrooms, picnic shelters, a playground, pathways, and an open play area. Beyond that, it depends on the personality of the park and the theme and what, it, the, what it's trying to serve, whether it's softball fields or pickleball courts or exercise equipment. And we determine those by input from the community. We also get a lot of feedback from our Parks and Recre- Recreation Commission as well as the, the city council. And we use all of that feedback in determining what goes into these parks. And sometimes that feedback is very formal. Uh, sometimes it's more informal. So t- how do you generally get that feedback when you're looking for it? Yeah. Well, we have some formal processes like currently we are involved in our an update of our Parks and Recreation Master Plan. And that's been a very big deal for us and will guide our efforts over the next five plus years. Um, as part of that process, we've done formal surveys, informal surveys. We've had focus groups and public meetings and interviews to get input into what people want to see uh, in our parks. We, we did the same thing about six years ago, and we know our community has grown and changed, and we want to make sure we touch base regularly with our citizens and, and ask them directly what they want to see in our parks. Excellent. Well, over, over the last several years, we've seen some of our New parks be built with a theme, as you as you talked about, you know, specifically maybe Rita Husky Park, Keith Bird Legacy, and even Discovery Park. What has been done or what's being what's in the works for some of our other parks that's going to, you know, make them a little bit more themed and maybe less generic is to be more like these other types of parks? Yeah. One of our main ways of adding these art and theming elements is a very great partnership that we have with the Arts Commission. We work with them to bring some of these uh, art and theming elements to brand these parks differently. You know, several years ago, we noticed that a lot of these smaller parks, particularly the neighborhood parks, uh, all kind of looked the same or similar with some of those standard amenities that I mentioned a little while ago. But they didn't have anything particularly unique to them. And we've been trying very hard over the last several years to bring those unique elements. At Heroes Park, we've added what's called the Journey of Heroes. It's a kinetic art piece as well as pathway mileage markers. Renaissance Park has a fabulous Da Vinci-themed, Da Vinci-inspired piece. I kind of love it because on the the equinox, it – the sun shines through at a spot on the ground, and it's kind of unique that way. Uh, Champion Park has an Olympic flame to go with its theme of champions. And uh, right now, we are working on potential theming opportunities for Seasons Park as our next one. Uh, Don't know yet what it will be, but we're uh, starting to work on ideas now. Our parks are always changing to a certain extent, Um, whether it's through the work that you're doing, maybe some community input projects through um, our participatory budgeting process that we have done. What are some of our Park System's newest amenities that we have come on recently or being planned in the near future? Yeah, we are constantly trying to add to and update our amenity offerings in our parks. Uh, This summer, we were able to add new cornhole courts at Settlers Park through a grant, and that was a great opportunity for us to bring that new amenity, which is very popular among our citizens. We have an accessible fishing dock at Kleiner Park. We've added uh, shade structure and trees in Kleiner Park at the amphitheater. 
We also have multiple outdoor gyms and exercise stations that have been placed at parks such as Rita Husky, Keith Bird, Tully Park, and Kleiner Park. Kleiner Park and Heroes Park both have uh, new pollinator gardens in them that are kind of a unique amenity that people can check out. And then pathways are uh, a big focus. And we've got our first, what we're calling a trail hub, it's kind of a trail head, but it's in the middle of the system. So we called it a hub. And uh, it's right along 10 Mile where the Five Mile Creek pathway uh, crosses. We got a new uh, parking structure there. Restrooms coming soon. And uh, then bike repair stations have been added to multiple parks throughout the system to help facilitate the better bicycle use in the community. And there's, there's one more that I just drove by that's under construction in one of our parks right there at Kleiner. That's also yes. kind of a, a big issue to a lot of the community right now. Uh, what one is that? <laughs> we are adding uh, four new pickleball courts in Kleiner Park up in the northwest corner near the uh, behind the band shell area on the other side of the hill, kind of near the, uh, the, the shelter that's there. Uh, that's going to be a great new amenity. Pickleball has exploded in Meridian. There are lots of people that are interested in more pickleball amenities, and this is going to be one of them. You, we mentioned this a little bit at the beginning uh, about some recent transitions for the department into the golf course and, and pool ownership. Let's talk about that because many people thought this pool was probably already part of the city because it's basically in one of our parks right right now. And and the golf course has actually been our property you know, yeah. for several years. <laughs> Let's just talk about where, where we're going with those two projects. Sure. Probably a little bit of a history lesson is in order – Long before there was a Meridian Parks and Recreation Department, the Western Ada Recreation District was formed back in the 1970s. And their primary mission was to build the Meridian Pool at the time. They also owned and operated Fuller Park. And over the years, as Meridian has grown, our own Parks and Rec Department has become the bigger, more robust Parks and Recreation entity uh, in the area. So to avoid duplication between the two agencies, there was a logical decision to merge, and Ward has been transferring their assets to the city uh, so for us to operate them. And this is the first season this year that the uh, city of Meridian has been operating the Meridian Pool. As far as the golf course goes, as you mentioned, the city's always owned the land since 1978, but the, the daily business operations of the golf course have always been done by a local tenant. Um, with the previous lessee transitioning out of the business, it Meridian's two recreation agencies, ourselves and uh, Ward or the Western Ada Recreation District, have teamed up to transfer that ownership of the golf course operations and maintenance back to the city. And we are now operating it and will fully own those operations within the next couple of years. Uh, I know it's been a big uh, transition and kudos to your teams for all the work that they have been doing uh, to try to make both of these things happen simultaneously, more or less. Um, but when you get them, they, we also want to make sure that they are meeting our community's expectations and needs as being, as being premier. So what, what improvements do we expect to see at these facilities are either underway or coming soon that, that we know about? Yeah, the transition's been an ongoing big lift, and we do see many improvements uh, coming currently and in the future. We have a brand new fleet of golf carts out at the, uh, the golf course, which is wonderful. And we have a new irrigation system, which is a, a big, big deal out at the golf course under construction. 
um, as well as a new pump system. And then we'll be improving the cart paths out there as well. At the pool, uh, we have new U- we have new UV ultraviolet and chlorination system for safety there. Uh, we are uh, getting a new diving board soon, um, improving the shade umbrellas, and just thinking about and all of those that I've just described are underway. What's coming in the future? You know, we at the at the golf course we hope to see some future improvements at the the clubhouse and the back patio, including some shade possibly some future uh, restroom improvements on the course. And at the, at the pool, they're a little bit behind the scenes, but things like new sand filters, heater, deck lighting improvements, things like that are in the works for the future as well. Excellent. Well, you've just given a preview on those things, but uh, looking at our, at our parks and facilities, um, what do you kind of see on the horizon for the next five years for where, where you're going to be investing the time and resources of the city? Well, the big one is Discovery Park Phase 2. Discovery Park Phase 1 has been hugely successful, but it's a a fairly small footprint compared to other regional parks. And Phase 2 will bring a major second phase to that, including a new bike park with a pump track, a teen area that includes a a new skate park. We'll have additional lighted ball fields, pickleball for that uh, pickleball community that I mentioned, as well as tennis and bocce ball. We'll have an additional community garden. We have a very wonderful and successful community garden at Kleiner Park right now. We hope to build on that success and have a new community garden out at Discovery Park as well. One of my favorite amenities, although it's one of the smaller ones, is this 50-yard dash. It's going to be uh, have an electronic uh, pressure plate or eye that you can, you know, a uh, a dad and a son or two brothers or two siblings or a mom and a kid, they can race each other on this and get times and see who's fastest. And uh, that should be a pretty fun amenity out there. Uh, Lots more parking. You know, we we can't really hold many big events at the current phase of Discovery Park because parking's severely limited, but we will be adding a, a lot of additional parking out there. And we expect that whole new phase to open in spring of 2024. Now, that's just the one big one. You asked about the next five years. Uh, We talked a few minutes ago about the new pickleball courts at Kleiner Park. We're also looking at potentially adding some new pickleball courts at Chateau Park. We're getting new accessible playgrounds at Bear Creek and Chateau. Uh, I also anticipate in that timeline having a, a new playground at Tully Park. I think that we will have uh, hopefully our new community center by then. Our current one uh, goes away next year. And we have new art murals and public art installations going on all the time. Uh, and then finally, I just mentioned pathways. You know, pathways continues to be a number one priority for our citizens. And we have six new pathway segments that we're currently focused on and don't know which ones are coming over the next five years, but it will continue to be a priority. Excellent. You know, that, so those are the, the active projects that are, you know, you, you and your, your team are working on. Looking for a little bit further down the road, you know, and maybe just year six um, in some cases. But uh, we do own some additional land that we are planning to see additional parks. I know you're always on the lookout for additional land. So if anyone yeah. has anything they want to donate, <laughs> you know, I know that you'd be happy to on. talk to them about it. But uh, what, what, what do you see out, outside that five-year window in terms of what we know to expect? Maybe not the year but where we know we're going to have additional parks in the future. 
Sure. Well, we currently own 47 acres out near the intersection of McDermott and Cherry. Uh, the Meridian Lions Rodeo is on that property currently, if you're familiar with that. But the focus of that future park is anticipated to be future sports fields, a variety of different sports. Uh, we have a huge gr growing demand for sports within the community, and we don't have space currently to house all of the organizations that are looking for youth sport activity locations. So we think that that'll be uh, a, a real focus for, for that future park. We also are working with property owners for a, a planned future park along the Boise River. This could be our first riverfront park, and it would be known as Margaret Aldape Park. We don't know its exact size yet, but we do anticipate it being one of our, our larger ones. It would be at our far, far north edge of the city limits up against the river, like I said. And as opposed to the sports one, which I just mentioned at uh, West Meridian, uh, this one would be much more passive, focused on pathways and river access and, and more of a nature park. So very different uh, personalities and theming like we were talking about earlier. Um, those are the ones that we have uh, on the radar. We also, there's been recent planning efforts in the planning department for an area known as the Fields District up in northwest Meridian, a four square mile area in the northwest corner. And there's a desire to acquire land in that area for a new regional park. And so while we don't own that land yet, you know, if we're looking out further than five years, I would expect uh, to see a new park up in that area potentially as well. Good. Well, it sounds like you and your team are going to continue to be busy. So yes, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's just very interesting to hear about all the work that you all are doing. And uh, I don't know if the community necessarily sees it because we all live around the park that's nearest to us. We maybe travel to one or the, the larger parks for an event or an activity, but rarely do people get around to all the parks in the community and see all the work that's going on. And the quality of the upkeep of our parks is something that we are constantly praised for. Your staff does an amazing job keeping all of these facilities in excellent shape. I appreciate that. You know, the word quality is one that means a lot to us. That's one of our focus areas. We have three words we like to focus on, which is quality, community, and fun. We started off talking about fun, quality is, and then community. Uh, this whole thing is about bringing community together for us. Well, some of the things the community likes to do is take recreation classes yes. from, from us. So um, we put out an activity guide three times a year that has the various classes that the community can take. How do we determine those classes or how do people recommend new classes or how do people teach new classes? Sure. Well, community members who have a, a passion for and a knowledge about any particular activity can propose to teach a new class with us. We maintain a list of people who are interested in teaching a class for our activity guide, and they can email us at recreation at meridiancity.org if they have an interest or an idea. Of course, right now, space for new classes will be limited because our current community center will be taken down next year to make way for a new mixed-use development. But once we get our new community center built in the next several years, we'll have new space and places for new class instructors. Um, and then as far as the other part of that coin, which is what if someone just ne doesn't necessarily want to teach a class, but they have an idea for a class they want to take, they can let us know about that as well. Uh, of course, our ability to teach that class will depend on our ability to identify an instructor who can teach it because we don't teach our, our classes with city employees. We use contracted instructors. So we look for people in the community, 
that have a desire to uh, teach a class, and then we contract with them to do that. So we really rely upon the community to do certain elements of the recreation side. We also rely upon another member of the community in order for us to do a lot of our recreation programs that we have here. You'll talk a little bit about the partnership with the school district and and some of those recreation classes are really, I guess, sports leagues more so in, in that regard. Yeah. We have a wonderful partnership with the school district. Uh, we meet with them regularly. We use a lot of their facilities um, and our sports are in many, many gyms throughout the, the school district. So uh, we have a variety of sports leagues and, and tournaments from basketball to volleyball that use a lot of the school's facilities. And we really appreciate our partnership with them. Yes, yes, we do. Because it, like I say, it really does take takes access to all the facilities in order to try to provide what the community wants and hopes and expects for. As a, at a rate that's um, viable to the taxpayer and the user of the system. Um, when people want to participate, you know, financially, I, I, we all, all want our kids to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Does the city have a scholarship program to help families with the cost of the classes and camps? Yes, we do. You know, if there's a family in the community that uh, may not be able to afford the registration fees for our various youth camps and classes, we have a program called Care Enough to Share that is a, a fund that provides uh, funding for those situations. Our current policy covers 80% of those costs for youth up to 18, up to $200 per child. And uh, the city council has agreed to recently increase the funding that's available. So we encourage people to apply and, and we we'll hope to be able to use that to benefit Meridian families. Talking about one of the camps that you guys offer, uh, I think it's one of the more popular ones. It comes from our dairy theme as a as a city, our history, mm-hmm. Camp Maridamu. Camp Maridamu. Uh, but tell us a little bit about that. Camp Maridamu is kind of a traditional day camp that runs through the summer. Uh, we try to have multiple locations, uh, usually w- at least one in the north and one in the south. If we can find staffing, which has been a challenge recently, we would have even more sites than that. But uh, this would be a weekly summer camp where there are field trips and activities and crafts and playtime, and they just run through the the summer. I'll just mention one other because it's it's always got limited space and a huge waiting list, and that's our outdoor adventure camp. And those, you know, start here, but they – they take off and go up to Bogus or whitewater rafting or a variety of different outdoor adventure type activities, and that's a real popular one as well. People love our camps. They also love our, our uh, special events that we put on throughout the year. Talk to me about some of the, what those are and, and where you see them going in the future. Sure. We're in, this, in the spring, we kind of kick things off. As people get out with their cabin fever with uh, an event known as Unplug and Be Outside, we like to encourage people to maybe put down their devices, get off the computer a little bit, and get outside and enjoy the fresh air. And we usually have a variety of activities that are free to the public in in terms of both class-type activities as well as events to come and participate in. Um, One of our really popular activities or special events is Sparklight Movie Night in Meridian. And uh, that 
runs through the summer, June, July, and August, in the weeks that uh, school is out of session. Uh, Gene Kleiner Day is uh, our celebration of the donor of Kleiner Park and always ha happens on the, the second Saturday in June. Uh, Meridian Art Week is in the, the, the fall, usually at the beginning of September, and is a, a celebration of arts and culture in our community. Uh, the Main Street Market's really popular. It runs a good chunk of the year. It usually starts in April and runs through October. Uh, near City Hall in downtown, uh, kind of a farmer's market style, uh, food, arts, crafts, uh, vendors there. Uh, so on Saturday mornings, people can come and check that out. Uh, one of our bigger and more popular uh, events that happens every year is on the 4th of July, our Independence Day celebration. Uh, we partner with the Meridian Speedway, have fireworks, um, variety of vendors in the park, music. Um, that's a really popular one. Uh, and then in the fall, we do a program called Concerts on Broadway. There's usually three weekends in the fall where uh, we bring uh, live music acts to the front of City Hall in the plaza, and people can enjoy some, some great music uh, in what's called Concerts on Broadway, given that we, City Hall is on Broadway Avenue. A few more just to mention, uh, Halloween, uh, when it comes, uh, we have a trunk or treat. It started out as just a tiny little idea and has grown more and more popular over the years. It's in downtown, uh, usually on a Thursday before uh, Halloween is its typical uh, timing. And people show up in their uh, costumes and uh, go trick-or-treating among the various trunks from businesses, local businesses in the community. Um, in November, we do a, a community-wide service project known as Rake Up Meridian. And then one of our biggest ones of the year rounds it off uh, with Christmas in Meridian. We have our, our parade and our Christmas tree lighting, and that's one, an event that, that brings a lot of the community out. And, and those are just the ones that you do. I know your staff is uh, working with people throughout the year, especially the summer, and into the fall with the, the special events that they are also bringing to Meridian, which, which takes probably as much time as all of the time of the ones that you all are working on. <laughs> yeah, the, the list I just gave are just the ones that we put on ourselves, and that's a pretty impressive list. But there are it's the tip of the iceberg when it comes to events in Meridian. We have a lot of people that put on events. Kleiner Park is perhaps the most popular location for these events, but you see them at settlers. In the future, you will see them at Discovery. And we put on uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of more events through these partners in the parks. Absolutely. Um, some of the other, you know, things that we also do with some of our partners, we talked on a few of the sports leagues that you guys do, but I know there's a few others that are involved in our Parks and Recreation Department. You want to touch on some of those real quick? I do. Um, so sports leagues and tournaments is a really popular item in our uh, recreation system. We have both recreational and competitive divisions for, for most of these. Um, basketball, uh, softball is a, a big one throughout the summer and fall. Flag football in the fall. Um, volleyball is hugely popular and one of those ones that really uses uh, a lot of the school facilities as well as our own home court. Um, disc golf, we have a disc golf tournament, uh, usually around Halloween time. And then cornhole leagues have 
been growing in popularity and they've been almost going more and more year round recently. We just added them just a year or two ago, but cornhole increases in popularity. And with those new cornhole amenities that I just mentioned out in Settlers Park, uh, they get used for that league as well. And over the last couple of years, we've seen some tournaments use some of our facilities, you know, horseshoes, pickleball. Um, and then we have uh, the, the MYB with, with, the, with there in Settlers Park where they often will have tournaments of various sizes to come in and, and use the facilities. Yeah, we have a lot of youth sports organizations that run the youth programs. One of the interesting things about the city of Meridian, we don't have our own youth sports leagues that we operate because we have so many partners in the community, like you mentioned, Meridian Powell, Meridian Youth Baseball. Um, If I start mentioning, I'm going to leave some out, so maybe I'll stop there. But we have a lot of youth sports groups that rely on us to provide space, and they're great partners. Um, We want them to use the parks for these youth programs, and that allows us to focus on some of the other things that we've talked about so far. Yeah, or maybe one of the next things we're going to talk about. You've touched Mm. on it a little bit, pathways. Pathways. Pathways are an interesting thing. You know, um, I think we're all familiar with the Greenbelt in Boise. Yeah. And, you know, Boise has a few other pathways, but the Greenbelt is their – that's their thing, you know, in in a lot of ways. And so we're developing our own pathway system in our own unique way. Why don't you talk a little bit about that and and, uh, where you see it continue to grow over the next several years? Sure. I mean, the Greenbelt is the regional pathway, and we don't have – that running through the heart of our city. So we focused on the canal system as the backbone for our pathways. Uh, we have a growing pathway network focusing on Five Mile Creek, Ten Mile Creek, an area that loops around the city called the Meridian Loop. Um, down the road, looking into the future, you know, we hope to see one uh, along or near the rail line. But I mentioned this earlier, and I think it's worth mentioning again, that pathways show up time and again in our surveys as the number one priority for Meridian citizens. They love the pathways. They want more. Uh, We've been very successful at getting pathways built in segments as the city continues to grow. But we do know that that existing network is fairly disconnected. And so we are focusing our efforts on finding ways to connect that system up better. Uh, For the first time, uh, we now have five connected miles along Five Mile Creek, uh, and that continues to grow. As soon as we can uh, get one of the next key segments built between 10 Mile and Black Cat, we will then connect into new existing pathway on the other side of Black Cat as one example, which will extend that uh, network uh, there. We're also focused on the 10 Mile Creek pathway network in South Meridian and always looking for ways to build them. One of the things that might surprise people is if you look at all the built pathways that are out there today, there are about 50 miles of built pathway. Now, like I mentioned, one of the problems with that is that it's not all, it's not connected. You can't just get on a pathway and go for 50 miles. It starts and stops all over the place. And of that 50 miles, the city of Meridian only owns and maintains about 15 miles of it. The other 35 miles are owned and maintained by HOAs. Uh, They were built as part of the development process, and then they just have a public access easement for the public to be able to use those pathways. 
But we have big dreams. We actually envision another 135 miles of pathway out there if we're looking at total build-out. I don't know what year that'll be. That's way in the future. But we do start with a grand vision. We want to see a very, very robust pathway network in Meridian and uh, hope to build it be- beyond where it is today. Amen. And I think I think that you'll get there, but the, you may be the director of fun in a uh, – senior living facility by the time we get all those pathways built. Yeah. Because sometimes it just takes a lot of time. So one of the unique things about your department is a lot, a lot, of, a lot of the city departments hire an employee and they keep that employee year-round. You have a lot of needs throughout the year that are very, that vary, you know, yep. from your groundskeepers to now lifeguards to uh, the contractors who are going to do the recreation uh, programs. So how, how, how do you guys manage that? And, and what's the best way if people are, want to get a job with you all, do they have to do it during one day of the year? How, sure. how does that work? We have openings all the time. And I would focus first on the fact that we have year round openings, usually for our park maintenance. Um, while the heaviest time is obviously summer, and we have a, a huge need for additional seasonal help in the summer for our park maintenance. We have a lot of needs year-round, and someone if someone's interested in working with us on that, they can look up the, the website at meridiancity.org slash jobs, and they'll probably find us currently hiring. Uh, we, we haven't stopped hiring for, the, uh, for a long time in that. With the seasonal efforts, we, like you mentioned, summer lifeguards are a huge uh, new uh, need this that we just started this spring and next spring and ongoing springs beyond that we will be looking for lifeguards for the meridian pool and then we've talked a little bit about our summer camps like camp maritimu and outdoor adventure camp uh, we hire staff for those and those are another annual need going into to every summer so we have a lot of seasonal offerings and all of our uh, all of our jobs are noted on that website meridiancity.org jobs well, the, if there's a need and uh, if a summer job for someone back from college, there's probably something there for you that you could consider if you want more all the way up to full-time employment. There's always something in parks. And we try and make it a fun and friendly work environment. So if you're looking for a fun place to have a summer job, check us out. All right. And while your employees do a lot of work, I know you could not do what you all do without the help of uh, – volunteers and citizens from our community. So talk about the role that they play in keeping our parks and recreation uh, moving forward day in and day out. We rely on citizens heavily to do what we do. Um, One of the more formal ones that we rely on heavily is our Parks and Recreation Commission. This is a nine-member team of citizens that advise us on everything from park planning to capital improvements policies, rec programs, budgeting, and other relevant issues that we uh, meet up with them monthly and and talk about. Those monthly meetings fall on the second Wednesday of each month at 5.30 p.m. at City Hall. Those meetings are open to the public and they're live streamed from the city website to anyone that wants to, to join in. But one of the other ways that we rely on our citizens is through our volunteer program. We have a very robust volunteer program and Our volunteer opportunities include park ambassadors out in the parks, assistance at special events like 
Christmas that I mentioned, but others as well. Fourth uh, of July always uses a lot of uh, volunteers. Uh, we also provide a lot of group and individual volunteer projects for people that contact us from different organizations. We have relationships with Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts for Eagle and Gold Scout projects. And then we have volunteers at our front desk at City Hall. When people walk into City Hall, they're greeted first by a, a citizen volunteer that's there. So these are all examples of volunteer opportunities for our community. And, and they all do a wonderful job as well. And they're, the interactions that you have with the uh, park volunteer, um, you know, they, they may be only second to the employees uh, in the parks department <laughs> as, as it pertains to that. But thank you for all the work that they do. Yeah, absolutely. So if people just want some more information, they, they want to see a list of all of our parks, they want to see a list of all of our events, our recreation programs, where are they going to go to find this? All the information that we've been talking about and more is available on our website, which is www.meridiancity.org parks. Uh, we also have a very robust social media campaign. Uh, we regularly post information about upcoming classes, upcoming events, other programs on Facebook under Meridian Parks and Recreation and also on Instagram as at Meridian Idaho. So people can check us out there. Well, I encourage you all to do so. So thank you, Mr. Sidawave, the Director Fund, for giving us an overview of Parks and Recreation. I also want to say thank you to the Meridian Library for the use of the Unbound Recording Studio here in downtown Meridian. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in. I'll catch you next time on My Meridian.